Welcome back to the Foul Balls podcast for May 18th, 2018. And we have another slate filled with rain. I think everybody's going to be a little skittish about rain games after the Braves-Cubs game. Well, at least Matt and I definitely, we were pretty heavy on the Braves-Cubs game for plugging guys into lineups, and it ended up not playing, which definitely really sucked. And there's a ton of rain in the forecast tomorrow, so I'm just going to rattle off all of the games that look like potential cancellations before we talk about the actual player. Padres at Pirates, that's showing a 50% chance of rain. Dodgers Nationals, that's like a 90% chance of thunderstorms the entire day past midnight tomorrow. That's supposed to be a Scherzer pitch game, so that looks like a very likely cancellation. Then we have 65% chance of thunderstorms for the Cubs-Reds game. Uh, 70% chance of thunderstorms tomorrow for the Braves game again. Then we have a 50% chance of rain for the Rangers-White Sox game, and that is all of the rain for tomorrow. Just it. That's it. Just those games. So... That's something to keep in mind as we talk about the pitchers because we get into it and the expensive pitchers, Scherzer, Newcomb, both in rain games. And Charlie Morton, who's really expensive. I think the most interesting option here we both like a lot is Jacob deGrom. So how do you feel about deGrom, Matt, after a subpar first start off the disabled list? Yeah, I don't think it was an injury that affected deGrom last start. I think the Mets got cautious because of the injury. But deGrom walked the first three batters of the game against the Phillies on Sunday. And then he did get out of the inning, but he needed 45 pitches to get through the first. Um, and then his spot in the batting order came up in the top of the second, and they just they just took him out. Um, I think the Mets just didn't want to have him keep going after throwing so many high-stress pitches in the first inning. Um, there doesn't really seem to be any report that he's not healthy. It's just being cautious with someone who matters a lot to the team. Um, so unless there's word that DeGrom is going to be restricted, which I don't think will happen, uh, then he is by far the best pitching play on the on the slate. Um, the Diamondbacks offense is not very good. AJ Pollock is on the DL and they're playing away from Arizona. So they don't have their, well, I guess we don't know how much of a hitter's park it is with the, the humidor effects and with the roof being open or closed, uh, changing every game. Um, but at city field, the wind is blowing in from right pretty heavily. And without Pollock, uh, it was already a bad offense. So this is just a perfect spot for DeGrom at a really, really cheap price for how good he is. Um, even if there is a bit of risk with a pitch count, I still think he's worth taking a chance on. Like, if we don't have any news on him going into the game, he might still be worth an all-in play because the upside for him for that price is just so ridiculously high. Yeah, and then the other issue, too, is just the other options that are available, particularly at the high end. Uh, Scherzer, I, we're just assuming, isn't playing as of now, or else I think that he would be not a great value or anything, but he'd be usable at 14000 Newcomb, that game looks like it's not going to play. That's also a really expensive price for him. Charlie Morton, that's a ton to pay for him in a tough matchup against the Indians. So I think just by default, DeGrom is the best guy of those expensive options. He's underpriced anyway. And I'm just looking up. Have you, did you look at his velocity at all from his first from his uh, last start? Uh, let me see if I can get that quickly. Because, yeah, okay. it wasn't... I, I got it. It's loaded. Uh, his velocity was, it was down a little bit, but nothing significant. He was throwing 95.6 miles per hour with his four-seamer. Uh, so that's, that's actually about average for him anyway. So I'm, I'm fine with him. I don't really think there's any concern with the injury. There's definitely a ton of upside in that price tag for GPP. That's, that's what we're looking for. And then also wind blowing in strong there. That's, that's a boost to the pitchers. So going down the other guys, uh, that we have to choose from Zach Oddly, I think makes a lot of sense at 8,100. He's going to benefit from that same wind that DeGrom's benefiting from. And then, in addition, Godley is 
he's just kind of been mediocre, middle of the road this year. But I think there's room for him to improve. And then even looking at what his price is for his results this year, he's averaging about 16 fantasy points per start, which is what we need for him to hit value. And then the Mets are also really banged up right now. Cespedes is on the DL, so it's an easier matchup than it typically would be against them. And not that the Mets' offense has been great this year anyway. So how do you feel about Godley? And then what other pitchers are you looking at for tomorrow? So yeah, because of the weather, I think Godley becomes a much stronger play. And the Mets also don't have Cespedes right now. Um, but because of that, I think they should do better against righties than they do against lefties going forward. Um, they do have some left-handed hitters in their lineup that you do have to worry about. Michael Conforto, um, I guess Brandon Nimmo hasn't been particularly good, but he is left-handed. Jay Bruce, Azdrubal Cabrera is a switch hitter. Um, Adrian Gonzalez bats from the left side. So I think for now, the Mets are a better offense against righties, but they're just not that good overall. And with City Field playing as a strong pitcher's park for this slate, I think Godley is a fine play. Um, I think he's just a little bit too cheap, and I think there's definitely some value on him, um, but I think there's way more on DeGrom. So I would say all-in DeGrom makes more sense, and then Godley kind of just mixed in as the second choice with some other guys, because I think there are some secondary choices that are similar to Godley, but he's he's certainly worth having some exposure to. Yeah, so the ones I think are okay to play also... Uh, Michael Waka at 7,200. He got off to a bad start this year, but he's been pitching better recently. And then we have Tropiano, who has a pretty good matchup against the Rays, who have been worse against righties and lefties this year. He's only down at 6,800, so there's value in him. I don't know if we're going to have to go that cheap, but I, I think he does make some sense. And then also Michael Fulmer all the way down at 6,100. In Seattle, so favorable pitchers park. Nelson Cruz has been out. Robinson Cano, obviously the broken hand on top of the steroid suspension. So I don't know if he's going to play at all for the rest of the season. So I think all of those guys make sense. Is there anybody else you want to add to that or any of those guys you disagree with? Um, no, no one I disagree with. I will add, well, I'll add one pitcher just to mention him who I don't want to roster. And I don't think you do either, but he's going to be really popular. And that's Drew Pomerantz against the Orioles. Um, after what David Price just did against the Orioles, uh, I think targeting pitchers against them is a fairly common strategy, but Pomerantz just isn't getting swinging strikes this year. His fastball velocity is way down. Um, I think all of his pitches are down in velocity, so I have no interest in Pomerantz. I definitely prefer um, Godley. I definitely prefer Waka, um, Fulmer, too. And then if the rain holds, I think Ivan Nova is a pretty good play, um, all the way down at 6,400 against the worst offense that I the easiest matchup that a pitcher could have uh, as a righty because the Padres strike out a lot against righties. Um, it's about 27%, which is the most in baseball. And even though Nova's not much of a strikeout pitcher, um, he should be able to get some against the Padres, who just do that a lot. But we do have rain to worry about there. And then, yeah, even though Tropiano hasn't been really that good this year, it's it's a really easy matchup, and he's cheap. So I'm, I'm okay with mixing all of these guys around. Um, as far as where to lean, I think it depends a little on the weather, and we'll just kind of have to see lineups tomorrow. Uh, but all of these guys are in play, and I think just playing DeGrom in combinations with a bunch of them seems like a sensible way to go. All right, so let's move into the offenses. Uh, there are a bunch of really shitty pitchers going, but also have to keep in mind that some of them might not end up playing. Uh, one pitcher that's very notable, we have Alex Cobb pitching for the Orioles tomorrow. Overall, Cobb has been really terrible this year. I don't think we're going to need a lot of salary saving for offense because of the pitchers we like. 
So how do you feel about the Red Sox offense tomorrow, given how good they've been this year and potential ownership on them? I'm going to guess it's going to be very high tomorrow. Yeah, I think ownership is a problem, although it is 15 games. Um, Cobb has been a little bit better recently. Um, Like, I think he was pitching hurt and just kind of, like, rusty or not ready for the season when he first got called up because he didn't really have spring training at all. Um, They just kind of threw him in there because the Orioles just have a terrible rotation. Um, Just looking at his recent games, though, he went five and two-thirds last start with five strikeouts and no walks, did give up three earned runs. Um, And the start before that, he had five strikeouts and one walk. That was against the A's. Um, Start before that, he didn't have the strikeout or walk numbers that were good, but he still only allowed two runs against the Angels in six innings. Uh, He's certainly been better than he was his first three starts, but I still think you can make the case for Boston. It's just there are probably better players to use for for that much money. And then also J.D. Martinez got hurt tonight, so... That would certainly hurt the expected output for no, the Red Sox. He, he, he just he was just feeling sick and left the game. Now. Okay. Well, I mean, I guess it's possible that he stays sick and misses uh, Thursday's game or Friday's game too. But yeah, may, maybe not much of a concern. Um, there still is a cost though to use the pricing. Like if you have a lineup with Degrom and Godley, it's about four thousand per player. Like you're really cramming that if you stack the Red Sox. Um, just gonna quickly throw some of these guys in here to see how much salary you have left. Uh, but you really can't even make it work. Like you're talking about twenty five or twenty six hundred left for your last three spots if you stack the Red Sox with Degrom and Godley. So you do sort of have to sacrifice some better plugs to stack such an expensive offense. And I don't really think it's worth it. Uh, but I still think like if you want to have Mookie Betts and JD Martinez as the expensive plugs around a cheaper stack, that's probably a better way to go. Uh, but I don't really have interest in the, in the Red Sox as a full team stack. Yeah, I definitely think if there's going to be extra, like how I built a lot of my lineups for Thursday night, which was where I had a cheap stack and then it was um, the the pitchers that we'd like to buy in large were fairly cheap also. And then it was literally me just rostering a lot of expensive guys who I thought were good plays, like uh, Wilson Contreras who didn't end up playing or... uh, Chris Bryant, who didn't end up playing. So I, I think that this could make sense for this slate also, where it's just you, you have an outfield spot open and it makes sense to put Mookie Betts in. Maybe you have the shortstop spot open and it could make sense to have Xander Bogarts in. He's been hitting really well recently. So that's that's probably where I would use the Red Sox the most also, because I do think it's going to be tough to make full stacks of them. I'm, just, I'm trying to figure out, did you actually put in the exact... The, the players to find out the exact amount of salary. Yeah, I had a uh, Moreland in at first. It left twenty five thirty three. If you have Degrom and Godley as the pitchers, that's what you have. Uh, yeah, twenty five, twenty five, and twenty six. I guess for your last three spots, if you use uh, Betts, Martinez, Benintendi, Bogarts, and Moreland, um, and I think Hanley Ramirez might even be more expensive than. Actually, Mitch Moreland's way more expensive. Uh, where is Hanley? How, okay, he's a little bit less. Um, but yeah, even with Hanley, it's still a really expensive stack. Um, I guess you can go a bit cheaper with Devers at 3800 or Nunez is 3400 um, it, it could work, and especially if you go with DeGrom and like Waka or Tropiano as the pitchers, uh, maybe it's worth having a couple Red Sox stacks because it is still a good spot, but I, I wouldn't want to have much of them. All right, so which offenses do we actually like then? I think that I think that's something that we have to figure out. Um, I think Toronto makes a ton of sense at home against Brett Anderson. 
He's been – I'm bringing up his numbers right now. He's been pretty bad this year off the top of my head. Yeah, he definitely has been very bad. I think he should do better going forward. His velocity is actually up, but he's been crushed in his first three starts. Yeah, he has an 8.16 ERA, a 6.0 FIP. He's giving up a ton of home runs. So I think the Toronto, they're fairly cheap. They make a lot of sense. Um, can't stack in Stone Felix. That game looks like a rain out right now. Um, I know that the Rangers didn't really have a great outing again. Oh, no, because that's – never mind. That's also a game with bad weather. Uh, Oakland is in Toronto. I think we should definitely look at games that are being played in a dome. Uh, so no, going to be no weather concerns for a game being played indoors. I think the A's make a ton of sense to stack against Estrada. I know that you were really high on the A's tonight, and that obviously worked out. That's winning stacks tonight have A's players with Red Sox guys. So I, I think that the A's against Estrada, at both sides of that game are probably my two favorite offenses. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think there's four, maybe five offenses that have good pricing value, and the top two are probably the – A's and Blue Jays. Um, we do have to monitor Teoscar Hernandez sat out Thursday night. Um, that would be a pretty big downgrade if he's out on Friday. And Curtis Granderson doesn't really start against lefties all that often. Maybe never, actually. But Steve Pierce is hurt, so who knows. Uh, but the Blue Jays are in a good spot regardless. It just would be a better spot if Hernandez plays. And yeah, the A's versus Estrada, definitely a strong spot. And they're still pretty cheap. Uh, both of those offenses are not all that expensive. Um, the other two, I think the Orioles against Drew Pomerantz, they're kind of priced down for him, but Pomerantz is kind of just riding name value right now. He's been very bad this year, and Manny Machado is really the only expensive Orioles player. Um, he is 5,500, I think, uh, but everyone else, yeah, 55 for Machado, but everyone else is 4,100 or less, um, so it's a little more expensive than the Blue Jays and A's. Um, I'd probably want to have less Orioles than those two teams, but I still think that's a good spot. Um, and then the Tigers are extremely cheap against Felix Hernandez, so the, the, the spot where I go to the Tigers is if Scherzer ends up being okay weather-wise, and then we need some cheaper offenses to make Scherzer-DeGrom lineups. Um, the most expensive Tigers player is Nick Castellanos at 4K, and then all of the rest of their starters are 3,500 and under, so you can make that work. Um, and then there's one other offense we didn't actually mention before we started. What do you think of the Cardinals against Jake Arrieta at home? Because they're actually pretty priced down for this matchup, too. Yeah, I, I don't like them at all. Arietta's been good this year. He does a really good job of limiting hard contact, so he should have better ERA than his peripherals anyway. His peripherals are already fine as is. And the Cardinals' offense is just not that good. Yeah, they're just so cheap. Like, Marcelo Zuna is a way better hitter than someone who costs 3400 even though he hasn't really played like it this year. Jose Martinez is 3300 Fowler's 34 Matt Carpenter's 34 the only expensive hitter, and it's justified for him, is Tommy Pham, who's been incredibly good this year and was last year also. Um, so maybe Pham's their only really good hitter, but he's kind of priced a little bit lower than he should be. Um, Jake Arietta is also terrible at holding on runners, so Pham could definitely steal bases against him. Um, but Arietta's numbers for the year, I mean, he he's limited runs, but he's striking out less than six hitters per nine innings. He has a, was it a 7% or, I think it's even less, a swinging strike percentage at 63 he, like I, I don't think he's a particularly good pitcher, although he has limited hard contact, so it's kind of hard to figure out what Arietta is right now. Yeah, I mean, I think that he's somebody who's going to have an ERA in the the mid threes or so. Which, yeah. I mean, I, so like I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily want to roster Arietta in this spot, but I just, 
I don't see the Cardinals putting up a huge offensive fantasy game either. Yeah, I guess potentially not, although it should be a contrarian spot with low ownership. It's 15 games, so maybe we don't have to reach too much, but if a few games get rained out, then it's not 15 games, um, and then maybe it matters a little more to be contrarian. But the Cardinals are only, it would only be my fifth favorite offense anyway. It might be might be worthwhile to just stick to the, the first three that we like, because I think those are clearly the best three spots, the A's, the Blue Jays, and the Orioles. Um, but what do you think of the Orioles? Because I guess I haven't let you talk about them. Yeah, I think I think for leverage, they're fine. They've certainly been very shitty this year, and we, we saw that against David Price tonight, who just destroyed them. But Pomerantz hasn't been good either, and I, I think that people are probably going to want to roster Pomerantz tomorrow because David Price was just so good, and Price has also been bad for a lot of the year. So I think a lot of people look at what David Price did and say, oh, Price hasn't pitched well this year. He's a lefty for the Red Sox going up against the Orioles. Pomerantz hasn't pitched well this year. He used to be good. He's a lefty who's cheap going up against the Orioles. So I think that people make that connection want to roster Pomerantz. So I think that Pomerantz could be fairly popular, which would make the Orioles a better play. And I do think that if we're looking for a low-owned offense, I would prefer the Orioles to the Cardinals. Yeah, because the A's and Blue Jays are going to have some ownership, maybe not as much as the Yankees or... Um, I don't know who else really would be that chalky on this slate. I guess the Cubs, if the game plays, that's probably about it because it's going to be pretty spread out. But yeah, there should be plenty of low ownership teams. So the Cardinals are probably a bit of a reach for ownership. The Orioles also should be fairly low owned, although Machado has just been, he has had crazy ownership the last few slates. Um, so maybe he is popular, but the rest of the Orioles shouldn't be. Um, so yeah, I think that's my third favorite offense behind the A's and Blue Jays. And then, do you have interest in the Tigers or not really? I guess it would need to be a slate where Scherzer pitches. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't, just because I, I don't think we need the salary savings for the offense there. Yeah, I think I'll be off the Tigers too, unless Max Scherzer ends up making some lineups. All right, so that is going to finish today's podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at GAaronBertDFS. Matt's Twitter handle is at PreachingSense. Have a good weekend, and we'll be back on Monday.